Hey, everybody, we're going to pick up our conversation we started last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to that episode, and then you can listen to this episode. This is part two of a two-part series. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Mark Labriola and Benjamin Manley. The Friday Habit is for small business owners, freelancers, and creatives who are ready to take their business to the next level. Join us as we discover how to apply the strategies we learn to grow our businesses, make more money, and live every day like it's Friday. Is there like a framework or some sort of like, uh, you know, outline you know, that one could follow as far as like when they think about, you know, going into a situation where they're going to teach or going into a situation where they're going to sell or lead, you know, like, is there some sort of framework that we can kind of follow to say, okay, this is how we should think about this. Like I'm going into a sales meeting and what does that look like for me to tell a story, you know, in a sales meeting? Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And so I'll, I'll take your example of the sales meeting as, as, uh, and then use that as I describe this, because I, I worked with somebody a while back who, and I didn't even think about this as a use for storytelling until he brought it up, but he was in sales and he said, I am using the framework you taught me in storytelling for my regular meetings with my leaders, because I used to just go and give them the information and they'll say, okay, why isn't this performing as well? Why isn't this? And why did you have this success? Is what I've started to do is quickly lay out the numbers and then I'll say, let me share with you an experience that I had that shares why these numbers are this way. And he would tell them a couple of experiences that he had along the way with clients. And he said, the funny thing is they don't push back as much. They listen to that and they go, oh, I get it now. I get why the numbers are what they are. And I thought that was just a, a brilliant use of storytelling. But you're talking about, about structure there's four things I'll, I'll bring out for you. You can go back to Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey, which has 17 steps, but that, that's too complicated for my little brain. And I, and I find it's just really, really complicated for people, particularly to absorb in telling a, like a three-minute story. It's hard to get 17 steps in there in three yeah. minutes. And so the thing I always start with is, what's your intent? What's the purpose of you telling this story? So I'll, I'll use my, my friend as an example. His purpose was to help his leadership to really understand what the numbers mean in his sales. So he, he goes in with that intent. And then I look at three little sections that you can use to, to divide your story up. There's a current state. It's the introduction that says, this is how things are currently. This introduces who's in the story, what's involved, what's the goal, what's at risk. And then you get to the conflict. This is the inciting incident where something happens that may get in the way of that goal. And this is where people's attention is going to heighten a little bit because they want to know what's going to happen to resolve it. And then we call the third section the change. And this is where something happens to either achieve the goal that you were trying to achieve or that you failed to achieve the goal. But what did you learn in that process of not achieving that goal? So my, my friend in sales Sometimes his numbers are lower than expected. And so he'll go in and he'll tell the story of, I went to this client and this is what happened and this is what they ran into. This is what we're doing to overcome this. So while the number isn't there this month, I think we're going to be on track with it next month. And he'll be able to tell that story in that very simple three-part framework. 
current state, conflict, and change. I'll just put those three C's out there. And that helps people to really just structure their experience into a story with a purpose in a very simple way. That's really good. I really like that. Now, what do you find when you're talking with people as a common like roadblock or, you know, a common issue that they like run into when trying to develop their stories? So some of the stuff that we've already talked about, which is uh, where do I find these? Where, how do I come up with a story? What do I use as, a, as an experience? Or I'm not very good at it. And so really, again, the, over, the way to overcome that is to consciously look for those experiences that can be stories. And you can look for it from the standpoint that I talked about earlier of what are the things you have an emotional reaction to? But you can also even look at it from the standpoint of I need to convey this principle let me start looking around for an experience that I have that conveys that message. And it's, it's a weird thing that happens. If you do that, it's like the universe sends you those experiences and, and, and they'll, they'll start popping up. But it's not really that there's anything magical about it. Yeah. It's just the where your brain is focused. Right. Think about this. The last time you bought a car, the last time you bought a new car, all of a sudden, didn't you start seeing that car on the road everywhere? Yeah. Yeah, it's because your brain's attuned to it now. Right. And it's the same thing. If I'm if I'm looking for an example to teach, let's say, a, a corporate value around teamwork, well, I guarantee you within the next week or so, you'll start seeing examples of teamwork come up and, and go, oh, there it is. There's there's the story that I need to tell. Mm. The, the other thing to do, if it, if it doesn't pop up, you can always borrow from other people. Ask other people the examples that they've had and, and use their stories. It's okay to borrow stories as long yeah. as you don't uh, try to make them your own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but just just attribute it to, hey, my, my friend Ben had this experience and then you can share it that way. So one question I have for you is when I'm telling a story, I tend to find myself being conscious of other people's time. And like, I don't want to make this too long of a story. You know, I'm thinking, all right, let me just skip all these details. Then I find myself making it boring because I didn't give enough detail, you know? So how do you find that balance between, all right, I want to tell them the situation and what was going on, but not so much detail that they're like, okay, when are we getting to the action or what, why are you telling this story? You know? So yeah. What, what's uh, your thought on that? And do you work backwards from a punchline or, or how do you know how much detail to go into? Yeah, this this is a common problem that comes up too. What what's too short versus what's too long? <laughs> it's like, oh, here comes Ben with another story. <laughs> yeah, oh great. Everybody <laughs> refill their coffee before we get started. <laughs> Take a bathroom break first. Let's make sure exactly. we're all settled in for this. No, <laughs> yeah, and so there is that balance point of you want to sh- you need to share enough details to get the point across but not so many details that you lose your people. Mm. And it all starts with what is my intent in this story? Because if you're clear on this is what I'm trying to get across, that will help you edit. Because then you start looking at details and saying, does that detail serve that in purpose? Mm. And if the answer is no, leave it out. And if the answer is yes, then you need to include it. But that that also helps you get to the point where you're going to land the plane, where you're going to get to the point but in order to land that plane, you have to know what your destination is. Do you actually think about that in, even in personal conversations? Does that actually go through your flash through your mind? Like, oh, what's what? Why am I telling this story? Or is that just so natural you don't really think about it? 
You know, I, in personal conversations, the, the, the purpose of the story isn't so much I need to convey this point. It might just be entertaining <laughs> right, right. or just, just to have fun sure, or just, yeah. just build the connection with the person. So, no, I don't sit in my casual conversations with family and friends and think, how am I going to craft this perfect story <laughs> in this? It's just going to be more conversational. Oh. But okay. when I'm using it with the purpose to teach, lead, sell, and inspire, then I absolutely want to be intentional about why I'm telling that story so I can get to that point and that the details I include in the story actually serve that point. Yeah, that makes it's like sense. When, my, when I go to a movie and my wife's like, well, tell me what it was about. And she's like, just don't give me the, the Labriola version. Just give me like the Cliff Note version. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Because <laughs> I'll yeah. go into like detail. Then he went on this thing and she's like, okay. I don't know. Like, yeah, I just want to know what Jonathan said. He said that. He said that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, wrap it up. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense for sure. Well, that, that's, I mean, I, I do feel like there's an element too that as humans, our brains are always connecting to stories. You know, I mean, I feel like a lot of times, you know, even with podcasts, you know, and video podcasts and like getting on YouTube and I'll watch something and I won't even be interested really about what it is, but there's like the story that it's, it's almost like they have you on a hook because you're, you're like wanting to know how things resolve or, you know, so you're, you're more in tuned or you're more, um, willing to give your time because there is like this open loop in your brain of like, Oh, okay, well now I have to finish like watching this video or hearing this thing out, even though I don't even maybe even care about what the content is, but because they've opened that story loop in my brain, now I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, to spend, what's going to happen. Yeah. Spend more time or invest more of my time and interested into like learning what's like, how are this thing is going to resolve, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. On. So, stories is how we as a human species make sense of the world. And so if we've got an open loop there, that's like, Ooh, this doesn't make sense to me the story is going to hook you into it. And, and we can we can think back, you know, almost evolutionarily why that makes sense. This is how we've communicated for centuries, for eons of time. This is how we've made sense and related things to each other. There's more recent research now that we've got the technology to kind of get into our brains to see the impact of the brain or on the brain of well-told stories. And I'll go back to the facts versus story uh, situation we were talking about earlier. When you're sharing facts with people, they found that it ignites about three or four sections of your brain. The, the, the audio portion, the part that's trying to make sense of, your, uh, of things, and just a, a kind of a processing function. When you're listening to a well-told story, it also taps into your memory. Because you're trying to tap into, yeah, what's an experience I had that was like that? And it taps into about seven areas of your brain. So think about how that's going to engage people more than just the three or four areas of the brain that you're getting with, with data. So yeah, there, there, we are wired as human beings to really want to understand. And stories are the way that we understand the world. Hmm. That makes sense too, because I feel like stories tap into empathy because you can empathize a little bit, whereas statistics kind of like, where in my brain do I store this? It's like, eh, I don't know. Like that's it's just some facts, you know? But when it's a story, like you said, it kind of weaves into your mind and you have some empathy. And that's probably why also as a leader, I feel like if you tell a story of a customer experience that really happened to one of our customers, 
they're going to understand the importance of making this change and that experience that person had rather than just being like, we had two customers, you know, have this experience. It's like, okay. But if you can tell a story, it makes a big difference. Yeah, right on. And, and, it, and it does, it taps into their memory centers. So not only do they remember the story better, but think about this in terms of sales. They remember you better. Hmm. And who do people buy from? People buy from the people they know, trust, and like. And storytelling is a great way to get people to know you, to trust you, and like you more. Now, you, you don't want to do it as a manipulative thing to say, ooh, I'm going I'm to weasel my way in with this person. But you want to do it in a way that really makes the connection to them about what the benefit is. And we try to do that sometimes with benefits and with features and with facts and information. But then it's just a compilation that's a comparative list with other people. And then people end up buying based on price. But if we can make that emotional connection to people about what it means to them personally, they're going to know, trust, and like you more. And they're more likely to buy with you. Yeah, that reminds me of um, a really good local company here in town that... Uh, that uh, does um, construction, but their tagline is rebuild and restore. They talked about we rebuild and restore forgotten homes and buildings. And like, to me, that's an inspiring story of like, hey, these are, these are, these are homes that have been forgotten and like there's hope for the future and the idea of restoration. It's like, it's not very often you see a construction company that gets you fired up, you know, and be like, oh, that's inspiring. And I can see a story behind that. But even with that short tagline, it tells a story, and I've always thought about that ever since. Yeah, there, there's a difference between rebuild and restore and we fix broken stuff. Right. right? It, it, it's, <laughs> there, there's power in those word choices because of what you're trying to convey to people. And so it sounds like they were very intentional about this is the image that we want to con convey. This is our culture and the who we are that we want to convey to clients. And why, yeah, why yeah. we do what we do, yeah. Yep. And, and that's what story helps with. It It helps to get to the why. Yeah, I was thinking about, I had a, a sales meeting the other day. And now that I'm thinking back on it, uh, you know, the guy I was meeting with kind of, he told me how he became, you know, the, the executive vice president of the company, you know, and how he went to the the former owners and, and uh, you know, they were ready to, and he was telling me this story and it, and it instantly, I guess, made, it drew me in and then also... I guess felt like I trusted him more or I felt like I liked him more, you know, because he was like kind of being a little bit more vulnerable that typically you don't get in a sales meeting with, you know, somebody who's trying to, you know, pitch their services. It's like, but by him doing that, it, it allowed me to maybe put down a little bit more of a guard because it gave me a glimpse into like who he was and where he came from and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah that that's interesting. Like thinking back to that, I'm like, Oh, okay. That that's almost like, it was like a, a subconscious way that that he he connected with me, you know, it was just by opening up and sharing a little bit about how he got to his position and how long he's been with the company and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and w without getting too geeky on the research, the, there's great research done by Dr. Paul Zak at Claremont Graduate College, and he talks about the different chemical changes that happen in our brains. And when you hear a story that you can relate to and you can relate to the person's experience, you get an increase of oxytocin in your brain. Mm. And oxytocin is known as the trust hormone. Oh, it makes you trust the listener. It makes you like them more. And so there's another power of a well-told story. 
is that it makes you more relatable to the people that are listening to it. Yeah, it's it's like uh, that that uh, line from Spider Man, you know, Uncle Uncle Owen or whatever, where he says, "With great power comes great responsibility," and it's like yeah. understanding these things. You know, like you said, right, trying. Man, you got to get the name right because it's Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben, yeah. Uncle Owen. Who's Uncle Owen? Oh, Uncle, Uncle Owen, Owen is Owen Star Wars. Uncle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Different uncle. <laughs> you got you got the wrong hero. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> nice, um, but yeah, it's like that idea of of as you learn these things, right? Like, how do we how do we use them in an authentic way uh, yeah. as we're going into situations and. And going into meetings and and whatnot, because I, I feel like people can see through when you're we're trying to manipulate or you know trying to um, you know use these te- and, and I think that obviously with marketing right it's like we're trying to write the right copy in order to connect with somebody or persuade them to to take action you know and so it's it's always this this idea of like how are we constantly developing ourselves and you know how can we use these powers in order to you know do things for good. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and you're spot on with that, that the authenticity will come through. If you're using storytelling as a way of manipulating people, people will sense the manipulation in it. Yeah. If you're using it as a way to really connect because you're providing value for them, they will feel that too. And the connection will be there. So it's like any skill. If you're, if your motive is not right in using the skill, mm-hmm. it's going to backfire on you. Right. And so use it for the right purposes. Yeah. It's that, that, uh, Dale Carnegie book, how to win friends and influence people. You know, it's like the, the title seems kind of, you know, sketchy, but then as you read the book, you you realize it's just like, Oh, remember someone's name. And like all these things that are just courtesy platitudes and, you know, whatever makes us feel special is probably going to make somebody else feel special too. You know? Yeah. And, and, and it's about bringing the humanity or the humanness out in us. And even those simple things, sometimes we lose sight of. We, we lose sight of making that personal connection with people. But that's where the power lies is in those personal connections. Yeah. So how are things been for you as far as, you know, being an author? Uh, are you still teaching? Are you, uh, you know, are you all in on this master storytelling, building online courses and doing all this kind of stuff? Or like what's, what's life like for you now? Yeah, I do do a lot of the master storytelling workshops, but I also do some workshops for some other people. I also do some consulting uh, on the side and in, in developing content with other people. So I've got I got my hands in a whole bunch of different things. I'm getting ready to write the next book that kind of takes it up to the next level. It it actually ties to what we were just talking about about leading with humanity. Hmm. Uh, that's not the, the title of the book, but that's that's really the idea is that we need to develop more leaders with their people skills not just their position skills. We, we give people a lot of skills around budgeting and processes and things like that, but we teach them how to listen and to communicate effectively and, and recognize people as individuals, some of those personal skills that you were just talking about. So working on some new content there and doing some speaking from the stage, I'm kind of all, all sorts of different places. Yeah, do you, like, do you like the speaking from the stage? Yeah, I, I actually enjoy that a lot. It's an opportunity to get get the message across to a lot of people and to to really, again, make the connection for them in a way that will help them to achieve their goals. Yeah. Now, did you transition from, you know, being in marketing? Did you retire or, or and, and then decided you wanted to start a business or 
did you, were you kind of in the trenches and then decided you want to do your own thing and then kind of got into the book writing and, and, uh, yeah, there, there was, it was kind of a, kind of a weird transition there. I was in the trenches and I was teaching as an adjunct professor. And then I, I transitioned over into doing facilitation, uh, for, for another company and worked with a really small company, a group of six people that, that we, we did this together and transitioned from there about uh, a little over 10 years ago into my own company and then got the, uh, got the book going. And so it, it's just been one of those interesting routes that uh, when I was 20 years old, there's no way I could have mapped it out. Uh, it, it, mm-hmm. There's just no way I would have, I would have drawn this What did map you want to do when you were 20 year old? Did you want to be a, a rocker? Were you like, I'm going to like join a band and you know, I'm going to be the next edge and you too. No, I got that out of my system in my teens. <laughs> <laughs> but really at, at that age, I, I was seriously thinking about going back and, and teaching at a university to, okay. to get some years of experience and potentially going back and, and teaching on a university level. And I got a taste of that as an adjunct and loved it a lot, but it, it just, the doors didn't open right for that for me. And so now I'm, I'm teaching people in the, in the corporate environment rather than teaching in the university environment. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, what would you say have, have been some of the, the challenges over the past decade as far as like, you know, getting your name out there and like growing your business and was the book a game changer as far as giving you something to kind of anchor onto and, and put yourself out there as like an author or, um, you know, how has that been? Yeah. It's one of those funny things. This goes back to something we were talking about earlier. I used to think, man, those people who write books, they must be so cool. They must be so awesome. <laughs> and now that I've written a book, it's like, yeah, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> it's, just, it's just that perspective of stuff that you've done already. <laughs> yeah. But it really, it really gave me a foundation to say, I think this is a skill that's underutilized. And here's the book that's the foundation for it. And it continues to be really popular. And we're growing uh, in, in, the, in the workshop space as well. And helping people to really see this as a key leadership skill. You mentioned earlier, a lot of people are talking about storytelling in a lot of different ways. And we all have our own little niches and where we come in. But that also helps that other people are, are talking about it. I just had a friend contact me two days ago that someone that she works with said, Hey, are, do, do you know anybody who does this? does something on storytelling. We we have a lot of people who are our leaders are just sharing a bunch of data, but I want them to be able to tell their stories effectively. And even those that have tried, they haven't been very good at it. Well, okay, so there's the need. And so she contacted me and and got the connection going with this person. And we're gonna see what we can we can build together. But the need's out there and really one of my values is around helping other people and yeah. helping other people succeed. So this gives me a path to do that in a way that's different than doing it within a corporation. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's nice. And then also there's the element of, you know, being your own boss so you can go out there and enjoy the wilderness and, uh, you know, take the time that, that you want. So, and, and sometimes it's, it's bad being my own boss because I'm too hard on myself. And sometimes <laughs> it's bad being the own bo- my own boss because I'm too easy on myself. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So there's that balance that I got to come to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think we all, we all experience that, you know, where it's that, that drive of like, all right, when to go easy and when to go hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 When do I need to take a step back and slow down a little bit? And when do I need to say, okay, enough slowing down. I got to step it back up. That's right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
Totally. Well, hey, this has been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed hearing your perspective on storytelling and how, uh, you know, we can all use this when we teach, lead and sell and uh, inspire. So, uh, you know, I really appreciate that. Ben, what do you got for our takeaways? All right. Takeaways. Uh, a couple great things, Mark, that you said that really stuck with me. One was if you're looking for a story to tell, look for any experience that you have an emotional reaction to. Another thing you said was using story can actually help increase the credibility of the facts you're presenting. Uh, you said to tell the story first, you need to ask what is your intent in telling the story and work from there. And you need to think about the current state, the conflict and the change. And then finally, you mentioned that storytelling is a great way to get people to know, trust, and like you. Boom. All right, Mark Carpenter. Are you related to the Carpenters? No. <laughs> not, not, not in any way that I could ever figure out. I, okay. I, I always wished, but no. <laughs> what is one action item that you could leave with our audience uh, so that they can start the next week being better storytellers? I'd say start with looking for those experiences that you can turn into stories. So think about the things that you need to teach, lead, sell, and inspire around, and then start looking for those experiences. And, and Ben, I appreciate you calling out, looking for those moments where you have an emotional reaction to something and take note of them. Don't just let them pass and go, oh, that was interesting, but really take note of those and think about how you could use this to help achieve your goals and to teach, lead, sell, and inspire. Love it. Get out there and master storytelling. Mark, where can people connect with you? They can follow you online, uh, maybe join one of your online sessions. Yeah. So the best place to start is with our website, master-storytelling.com. You have to have a little dash between the master and the storytelling to, to get to us. We have some free resources there, including a, a document we call the story catcher, which kind of cues you to look for these, these experiences and to jot them down and then craft them into to stories very intentionally. Uh, the book is available on Amazon in all the different formats. Uh, you're also welcome to follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm out there on, on LinkedIn and share stories out there pretty regularly. And uh, come join us in one of our workshops if you want to really get deliberate and intentional about making this a, a skill that you can use on a day-to-day -day basis. Awesome. Hey, thanks for sharing with us and our audience. Great to be with you. Thanks, guys. And thank you for listening to The Friday Habit. Uh, head over to thefridayhabit.com to find show notes for this episode. There you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. And at the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to The Friday Habit system that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. And if you enjoy this episode, go ahead and subscribe and leave us a review. If you have any questions for us or topics you want us to cover, send us an email at hello at thefridayhabit.com. That's right. And remember, until next time, live every day like it's Friday. Friday.